Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Really, what we're talking about and what I really hope happens as a result of this series is that you see the power that your words have, recognize the difference that they can make, that there's both a natural and a spiritual side to our words, and then begin to make some changes, some, what I would almost consider some small tweaks now, but as we make these changes and we make sure our words are lining up with what the Word of God says, that in a few years, or maybe even months, you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, I made a few small tweaks, but it completely changed the course of my life. My marriage is better, my health is better, my relationships are better, my relationship with God is better, my job, the way I look at my job, the way I do my job, it has all changed as a result of that shift that I had during then. And I really pray that you would embrace this as we, as we go forward. But last week we really introduced, and here's what we introduced, Proverbs 18.21, which says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We said there's natural laws and there's spiritual laws. Naturally, we understand the natural side, I think most of us do, of our words. That you can say something and it's, it can hurt as much as stabbing them with a knife. Or you can say something nice to them and you can make their, their day, their hour, you can make their year by what you say. That there's that natural side of our words. But there's also, the Bible says, a spiritual side. And he says it's so impactful that it's as impactful as life and death. In Mark eleven twenty three, 23, it says, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, says to this mountain, again, this is just talking, he says, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt it in his heart, but believes that he will have what he says, it will be done. And so he really asked you, what is it that you're saying about your life? What is it you're saying about your family, about your job, about the relationships and situations, your health that you are in? My grandpa he was the guy that he says, I'm not going to live past 65. I'm not going to live past 65. Nobody in my family lives past 65. Guess what? He did not live past 65. And we really just ask that question, what is that thing that you're saying? What is it that you're doing? And this week, we're going to go a little bit farther, and we're picking up in Matthew 12, 36. And this is what it says. But I tell you that every man will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word spoken. Verse 37, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Every careless word. Now, when I read that, when I see it say careless word, I kind of think of this. I think of a gun. I think of a Nerf gun, to be specific, because it says every careless word. And, and again, we talked a little bit on this last week that our words are something we're really familiar with so familiar with that we don't really often think about the impact that they have because we just, we always talk. I mean, I mean I'm pretty proud of some of you for not talking right now. It's like amazing. But it's, it's something that we, just, we do all the time. But the Bible says, and it looks at our words because of the power that our words have. It says that we will give an account for every careless word. And I, when I think of that, I think of, I think of a Nerf gun. Now, this is a Nerf gun, and... Of course, it's loaded, <laughs> because what would be the point of having a Nerf gun if it wasn't loaded? But we wouldn't take a real gun, and we realized with a real gun that you wouldn't take it, and if you shot that gun, <laughs> that you would be responsible 
for whatever that bullet went and did, right? But you need to be careful. You're not careless with a gun, no matter whether you think it's loaded or not. You without guns, you're like, well, of course not. And you with guns, you're like, well, yes, I know that. And yes, yes, absolutely. And I love that that's the same word that it uses in this translation, that it says every careless word, every one. But that we are to think of our words having the same impact or that we have the same responsibility with our words as somebody would with a gun. Because none of us would ever take a gun and just randomly, on another one, there we go, (laughs) and randomly just start firing it off. But have you ever been guilty of just firing off your mouth? I know I have. I've said things that's like, oh, I can't take it back. One thing in particular that I said was very long time ago, very long time ago, I think we were still, were we dating, love? Becca asked me if, were we still dating? Maybe we were married. But she asked me, she goes, I think we were dating. But anyways, (laughs) she asked me. She goes, I don't remember the exact conversation, okay? I don't remember exact, but it was something along the lines of she was asking if I thought she was a good singer, okay? And I said something along the lines of, not really, I don't think you're a great Singer, no, that was, that was later, but I did say that. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did say that too. Then another time somebody asked if she could sing. I don't even know how. Like, I don't, people don't usually just, does anybody ever walk up to you and ask if your wife can sing? Anyways, that is a weird question, so I don't remember the context of this. But somebody apparently another time asked if she could sing, and I said, oh, she can really cook. Well, I said something, and she remembers this oh so amazingly well, and I so regret saying this. She really has, and honestly, like, she wouldn't sing or even hum a bar, like anything. Not hum in a bar, but like hum a bar. <laughs> I think that's the thing that singing people do. Okay, anyways, any, I'm not a singing person. Like, uh, not even in the shower it won't even make me sound good, but, but anyways. But she didn't until we had kids, and once we had kids, and you know, you're rocking them, and like you have kids, and you, yeah, oh my goodness, you, you, you sing. You're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing to them. She, she, she would not even sing. It was just something that I said. I so regret saying it. I didn't think about the impact. I did not think that 14 or 13 years later, she was still going to be remembered. Remember when you said, I didn't sing, or you didn't like the way I sounded? Like, I did not think about the impact that my words would have. Well, the Bible, when it talks about our words, and here's what I hope, is that you reframe the way that you look at your words and the impact that they have, that maybe instead of just thinking that it's just something that I throw around or a way that I communicate, that you would think of a Nerf gun. And you're like, wait a second. I need to be careful what it is that I'm saying. I want, I want to rethink that and that we wouldn't just go and just fire, fire, fire. Yes, there is another one. But instead, we would think about, nice catch, Stuart. That was great. But we'd think about it. We'd think about what it is that we're saying, and we say, hold on a minute, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to slow down what it is. Because here's what Hebrews 3.1 says. It says, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Consider the high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Really, it's talking about Jesus functioning. He is the high priest of our confession. It's talking about Jesus functioning in our lives based on the words that we're saying. Really, it paints the picture more that He's waiting on us to invite and to ask 
And that really lines up with what the Bible says where it says, you do not have because you do not ask. Seek and you will find. Ask and you will be given. Knock and the door will be opened. But that really what we say invites God to work in different areas of our lives. He is the high priest of our confession. And that we can really limit and, and restrict what God does in our lives based on what we say. Uh, several years ago, I was helping some neighbors. We had some elderly neighbors. I was helping them uh, shovel their driveways. And I, I finished the one neighbor. And the other one, he's a little bit younger. And uh, he normally had been, he's normally pretty good at getting out and shoveling his driveway. In fact, my, right when I moved in this house, I lived in the same house for like 15 years. It's, I love it. But um, not, I don't love the house. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Those you know me, like, wait a second, does he like the house? No. Becca loves the house. I love that I've lived there so long because I'm cheap. But she's the one that's got us stuck there. And I'm like, I want out of here. Really, I want somewhere else. Okay. I just, just, okay. So back, back to the story. So the neighbor across the street, they used to, like right when I moved in years ago, they would compete when it came to like uh, leaves in the yard and snow on the driveway. Like one leaf falls and they're out there on their riding mowers like bagging it. Like two snowflakes and they're out there shoveling it off and seeing who could be faster. Well, as they got a little older, I jumped in and began to help the one neighbor and the other one wasn't coming out, which is a little weird because again, they compete. And so I went over and I knocked on the door and I'm like, Jim, I said, how are you doing? I said, are you, uh, you needing some help with the driveway? And he says, oh, yeah, I do. He says, I can't shovel right now. He goes, I hurt my knee. And I'm like, oh, well, I can take care of it for you. It's a nice short driveway. And I'm like, yeah, I can take care of it for you. And he's like, yeah, that, that would be, that'd be great. And I said, but can I pray for you? He said, you know, God can heal your knee. Can I pray for you? And he looks at me and he goes, well, yeah, I mean, maybe God could heal my knee with a doctor's help. And I was like, why don't I even pray for you? Like, you don't even... With your words, you are, he is literally saying, God cannot heal my knee. And I wanted to talk to him, like, God, can I, can I pray for this guy? I want, God, I want him to see what you do. But here's what it says right here. The Bible says, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. And when I heard him say that, I thought, that's where your faith is. And Hosea 4.6 says this. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, I feel are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I thought, man, he is missing out. I don't think he knows or understands the power that his words have and the power that God has and how, what God wants to do in his life. But we can, we can really leave out so much when we don't know what the Word of God has to say about a situation. Years ago, I was teaching, coaching gymnastics. Don't laugh. But it was, like, it was like little kids, okay? It was like the little, little kids, like introduction to gymnastics. Um, my friends worked there and were actual coaches that could like do gymnastics stuff. I would like stretch with all these little kids, like four and five-year-olds, and they'd like hang on the beams and the bars, and we'd walk across them and like throw foam squares at each other and jump in the foam pit. I mean, that, that was me coaching, right? Okay, but after one of the times, they said, hey, we're going to have a coaches session. We're going to teach people some stuff. Are you interested? I'm like, Yes. I want to like flip and do fun stuff. Really what I want to do is run up a wall and do a backflip, but I didn't say that out loud. So anyways, I'm like, okay, what do we need to do here? And they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I'm thinking that. I'm like, how about back handsprings? They're like, yeah. So I got a coach helping me, and he's spotting me, and uh, he helps me do a few back handsprings. I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. He goes, okay, now I want you to do it by yourself. I said, okay. So I get down, I'm getting ready to do this back handspring. And right as I'm about to like push off and go, right as I'm getting ready to go, the coach who's helping me goes, lower your butt. 
And as soon as he said that, all of my focus went to my butt. Like, where's, where's my butt? Like, right now. And I was, like, I was literally, like, getting ready to go. Focus went to my butt. And I do this back handspring, and I'm like, yeah, my butt's right where it should be. And I completely forget the hands part of the back handspring. So I just do this little, like, back thing right onto my head. And all the other coaches in the gym, there's like 15 other coaches, happen to, you ever had this where everybody happens to be paying attention to you and looking at you and the dumb thing that you do? Well, that's exactly what it was. Everybody is looking at me. So I do this backflip. Now, granted, it wasn't onto a, a, a tile floor or something like this. It was on a gymnastic floor. So it's got, that, it's got some spring to it, if you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, it's a springy floor. Now you know what I'm talking about. So I land on that thing, literally just jump backwards right onto my head, and I land, and this is it. Like, I land, I hit the ground, and I'm just like, oh, and I look up. Everybody's looking at me. No one is saying anything. And I just go, oh. And I kind of just get up. I'm like, ow. And I get up, and everybody, yeah, just like this, just like this. They're all staring at me, and I'm like, ow. And I kind of just scoot off to the side of the mat. And I sit down at the edge of this thing, and I'm just like stiff as you can. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's just these other coaches. And the owner comes over. And she was out there, and I'm like, oh. I'm like, will you guys pray for me? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll pray for you. And so these, these other coaches come around, and, and they start to pray. And it's been a while, so I don't remember exactly every word that they said. But here was like the prayers that they were praying. So I'm sitting there, and... And the one, the one girl, the owner, she puts her hand in me and she's like, God, just help him be able to bear the pain. And I kind of like open my eye and I'm like, what? What are you praying right now? Bear the pain so he can come back to work and so that he can. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then she prays. And then the next one prays. And the next one is like, God, and for his headaches. And I'm like, Headaches? I don't have any headaches. And so she's praying or he's praying. Over, oh, well, they're praying for my headaches. I'm like, I don't even have breaks. And another one's like, God, if he goes to the hospital and the bones. And, what he's in, and by the time these like five people that were around me pray for me, they finish praying. And I'm like, I don't want anything they prayed for. <laughs> like, I don't want that. Like, that sounds awful what they prayed for. I think that sounds worse than what I feel right now. So they said amen. And I'm like, I am undoing this. <laughs> like, No. So they say amen, and before anybody like even walks away, and I'm like, and God, I thank you that I'm healed from the tops of my head to the soles of my feet. That your angels encamp right about me and keep me safe. I thank you that by your stripes I was healed and I am healed, and I will walk in it, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen again. And I'm in my mind thinking, and undo everything that they just said. <laughs> like, I wanted to say those words, but I didn't. But I left there thinking, why would anybody pray what they were praying? Like, it was awful. Like, who needs enemies when you have friends that are praying things like that for you? You're like, really? Like, no. And I think it really does come back to Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, that they don't know the power of their words. They don't know that the Bible says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession, that he's wanting us to confess his, his word over our lives and over our families and over our, our jobs. He wants us to say, I know what your word says. With long life, you will satisfy me and show me salvation. So I don't care what my family tree has been or what has happened typically with men in my family or women in my family or what happens, but no, this is what is going to happen. 
This is what it's going to be. Your word says that the fruit of the womb is blessed, so we're going to have kids. I don't care what the doctor has said and what has happened and what they have found or not found. God, you change facts. And so I stand on what your word says, and we speak that into our marriage and into our relationships. We say, this is going to be good. Your word says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and wins favor from the Lord. This doesn't have to be a bad thing and something that I dread and that I don't wake up grumpy because I'd rather let her sleep longer. No, but instead we say, God, it's going to be great. And we speak the truth of God's word in and over our situations, over and over and over. Our words are so incredibly important. When we stop saying God's word and we concede these areas of our lives and say, well, this is just what happens to me this time of year. We surrender that area of our life. We wave a white flag and we say, devil, attack us here. I won't fight back. Because the way that we resist the devil, remember, God's word says resist the devil and he will flee. How do we resist him? We resist him the same way that Jesus resisted the devil. In Matthew 4, 3, it talks about what Jesus did when Satan came and tempted him in the garden after he'd been fasting for 40 days. Satan came and challenged Jesus. He said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, no, for it is written, man will not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He didn't say, I'm God, get away. He used scripture. We need to know. We need to be able to resist the devil when those attacks come spiritually or physically. When those attacks come on our finances, we say, no, I'm not going to do this. I give. I tithe. And your word says, God, that if I do this, that you will bless the rest. Your word says that if the first fruits are holy, then the rest of it is too. So I thank you that Satan, you have no control. You do not have a right to have your hand on my finances. And we say, God, I'm going to be blessed. Yeah, my job, the company might be going down, but I thank you for favor, God, and that you are opening doors for me that no man can shut. And you're shutting the doors that I don't need to be walking in, and you're going to give me the strength to know the difference, the wisdom to know which ones I need to push through. And we step in to what God has for us because what we say matters. What we say matters. And it needs to be something that you understand. This can't be something that I understand or that you say, well, he said that, so I want to try it. Because let me just tell you, 70% of the effort isn't going to get you 70% of the result. It's not one of those things where you can kind of like, well, I'll just, I'll just give this a go. We really have to say, okay, God, I'm going to do what your word says. Have you ever, anybody ever baked anything in your life? Raise your hand. Have you ever baked anything at all? Anything. All right. Joel has never baked anything in his life. Not even a cookie? Okay, okay, he has. Okay, he, Joel lies. There, there we go. No, anything at all. Here. So I made some no-bakes the other day. I think there were no-bakes. Anyways, they were cookies. And we go to take some, and we try some, and Beck's like, whoa. And I'm like, what? She goes, you forgot the salt. I had 98% of everything right in there, but I missed the salt. You want to know how good they were? They were not 98% as good as they would have been. <laughs> not how it works. It this is, that is the same thing when it comes to embracing and believing what God's Word has to say about our, our, any area of our life, that we don't try it. There is one area, I said any, so I have to clarify this, there's one area that the Bible says try, 
And that is it. And that's in the area of finances, and that's in the area of tithing, where God says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you will not be able to contain it. That is the only area that we try. In every area, God says, you need to trust in me. You watch you trust in me. It is something that we don't, we don't just try, but you have to know this for yourself. And that really comes with knowing what God's word has to say about a subject and then being able to speak it in your life. You have to know. You cannot be 60%. You can't say, well, he kind of said it. You have to look at God's word and say, you know what? So today, if you leave and said, well, Samuel said to do this, so I'm going to do it. Let me just tell you, you're not going to get the results that you should. But if you say, I believe that what Samuel said about the, in the Bible is true, those scriptures that he read, I understand, and I want to stand on those scriptures, on those scriptures, and I'm going to change the way that I'm going to speak, you will have a huge shift in the way that you speak and in your life. You will have a huge shift. 70%, 90% will not get you 90% of the results. If you've been to the gym, if you work out, you know, you, you're on the bench press, you do your first reps, you finish it, you do it again, you get back down, you do it again. Say you do, typically for me, it's, okay, I say typical because I did, not because I am right now, but anyways, 12 reps, here's what I know, that third set of 12, number 10, 11, and 12, that's where the gains are. The gains aren't in everything that I did up to that point. If you're a runner, the gains aren't in the first mile. The gains are when you push yourself. It's, it's at the end. It really is grabbing this for yourself, saying, I'm going to go into this 100% knowing how to do this, that it's really going to change your life. So this is a, a piano. Guys, can you turn the piano on for me? Is this going to make a lot of noise? If it is, this isn't going to work. But I think it might work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try turning this on. So I, I know what a piano is. I think most of us know what a piano is. Sometimes when we turn this on, you touch one button and it plays for like an hour. So let's see. Let's, no, I'm serious. It did it again. Like I'm serious. I just touched one button and I really apologize for the loudness there. Oh my goodness. Every now and then does it. See, I know how a piano works. Now I don't know how this one works. Okay. Now... I can actually play maybe a song, like part of one that I memorized, but I can't play up here. You probably know how a piano works. Like you push the key and it makes a noise and you push a couple of them and it makes like a different noise, right? There's something completely different from being able to play it and knowing conceptually how it works. And today what we're talking about is conceptually how our words can change our lives. But that's completely different from being able to understand and making the choice saying, I'm going to speak differently in my life. I'm going to believe it and begin to do it. I'm going to change the way that I speak. And here's what I would really do not want to have happen is for you to leave here with a conceptual knowledge, my words have power, and not change anything. You'll leave here with, yeah, I understand, like you push some keys on a piano and... and, and, and it makes music, but you don't actually know how to play. Because unless you know how to play, that thing is going to do stuff like that, where you push one button and it just keeps going. And in your life, I want to just now, I want to give you two ways to begin, and we're going to keep on going next week. So I really encourage you to be back. But here's two things that you can do to begin to change the way that you speak. 
to change it and say, okay, God, I want to do this. I want to see the difference. I believe that my tongue, that my words had the power of life and death, and as a result, I'm going to change the way I speak. I'm going to change it starting now. Here's what you can do. Number one, the first thing to do is this. James 1.19 says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Slow to become angry. Quick to listen and slow to speak. Become slow to speak. Sounds really simple, I know. But it can have huge changes and huge benefits in our life. And now, for you, I don't know, maybe, maybe for you, it's counting to two or three before you, before you respond. Just stopping and saying, you know what, somebody asks you a question, and before you just blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind, even though you're right like 99% of the time, you're like, you know what, I'm just going to think. Maybe you just count out loud. Maybe it's in your head. One, two, three. And let me just say, the first, the easiest place, and I think the most impactful place to practice this, is at home. Because I really feel if you can do it at home, you can do it anywhere. If you can do it with the people who you live with that know how to push your buttons, and man, they can really get under your skin sometimes, but really at home, they really do so often see the worst side of us, where we say, okay, if I can do it at home, you can do it anywhere. So begin to practice this and practice at home. Say, I'm going to be slow to speak. I'm not just going to respond right away. If you're married, your spouse, moms, dads, kids, ask, ask your parents. If you're in high school, ask your parents, say, hey, I want to be slow to speak. Will you help me with this? Ask your siblings, say, let's help each other with this. Becca and I, um, we, I, I really try to be slow to speak. When I get it wrong, we have rewind. That's what we do. Like, for some reason, something comes up and it doesn't work out, and I'm like, hold on, hold on. I think I came at this wrong. She's like, what? And I just go, and she's like, what? I go, okay, let's try this again. Other times when it's her, I'm like, I think we just need to rewind. And she'll do that to me, too. And she's like, okay. And I make her, like, we literally make that noise. We're geeks, I know. But we make the rewind noise, and we will go back to the beginning of a conversation or back to the beginning of a subject where we say, we, we got off on the wrong foot or something didn't happen there. Let's, let's start this over again. And we get a chance to start it over again. And maybe it's counting. I don't know what it is, but begin to practice that at home and say, okay, I want to be slow to speak. I want to realize, I want to know, God, I, I trust what your word says, but that, that my words had the power of life and death, so I'm going to be slow to speak. I'm going to think about what I say. I want my words to honor you and to build up those around me. Here's the thing. I naturally am, in, and I am incredibly negative, naturally. Like, I can pick apart anything, like the most beautiful anything. I'm like, well, it's not this, and it smells funny. Like, I can always find something natural, but here's the thing. Anybody can be negative. It is not hard. I think it's the easiest thing in the world to be negative. So easy. So I just tell myself over and over, I'm like, anybody can be negative. But how about you find the good and you build up the good in people? And I'm like, and somebody said that in a message years ago that I heard, and I'm like, I want to be that. I want to be the person that when people are around, they're like, he builds up, he builds me up. He builds up my marriage. He builds up my, my ability to lead at my job. He builds up my ability to handle my finances or this or that. I'm like, I want to I build people up. Who cares about it? It's so easy to tear down. And you can jump on any social media just about right now. You'll find it. And they're, they're tearing down this and tearing down this. and tearing. It's really easy to do. 
It's like, you know what? I want to be. And so for me, I did that one, two, three, where I just count, and I'm like, wait a second. Is what I'm going to say negative, or is it positive? And if it's negative, I'm like, is this really going to help them? Because if it's not, because you know what constructive criticism is, right? Constructive criticism is when I tell you what you're doing wrong, and negative criticism is when you tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like, right? Anybody else? You're like, yep, that is the exact definition. That's what it is. I honestly operated and believed that for, like, for a time. And I'm like, I do not want to do that. So I do the one, two, three. Is this negative? And if it is, like, do they even really need to hear it? No? Then why don't I just say this is what I loved about it? This is something I absolutely loved. And it has completely changed my outlook on people. It has changed my outlook on places that we go, events. I don't have to sit there and pick them apart and say, this could be better and this could be better. But instead, I absolutely love this, this, and this. My countenance is better. So much is better. So much is better. So I just challenge you, be slow to speak. And then number two, speak the promises of God. Speak the promises of God. This is that spiritual side where we stand on God's Word. If you do not know the promises of God, they're found in His Word. That's where you're going to find them. Again, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I really, really encourage you to have a daily discipline of reading or listening to the Bible. If you do not have it yet, there's an app. It's called the Bible app. It's put out by Life Church, the same church that gave us the uh, My Big Fat Mouth graphics and videos. They produce and give away tons of free content, tons of it, including a 100% free Bible app that will read you different translations of the Bible. I really encourage you. If you don't know the promises of God, they're in God's Word. If you know them, and you're, we can all benefit from spending time in God's Word. And it's going to be little things that we just learn. I really encourage you, get a daily discipline of being in God's Word. Maybe you start and you say, I'm just going to give myself five minutes. You know, on my commute, I'm going to turn off the, the radio and I'm going to turn on the Bible. And we're going to listen to the Bible for five or ten minutes. And as you watch, here's what I know will happen. I don't think. And when I listen to the Bible, this rarely happens. When I'm reading, when I'm listening, rarely do I just get a, oh my goodness, I've got to pause, or I've got to like every, every verse, every word, I'm like, oh, this is new, and this is new, and I need to write this note down, and oh my, oh, download, like rare, no. You know what normally happens? Is I read through something, and I'm like, okay, I did, I did it. I read for 20 minutes, I read for five minutes, I listened while I was driving. And then that day, maybe a couple days later, situations pop up where I'm like, oh, what I read two days ago applies perfectly right now to me. And often, sometimes it's not even me. But sometimes it's somebody will ask a question. And I'm like, oh, actually, I just read a couple days ago, and I think this really will clarify or help you with, what you're one, with, what, with that question. But speak the promises of God. It's twofold. Number one, be slow to speak. Number two, speak the promises of God. Know what they are about your situation and speak the truth of His Word into your situations. And here's what I know and here's what I pray will happen as a result of this series and as a result of you changing the way that you're seeing, that your relationships, that your family, that your health, that your finances, there's not a single area of our lives that our words do not affect. And I look forward to seeing and you being able to look back and identify, this is the day I changed, this is the day I started it. It was a small tweak, 
But man, it redirected. And at the time, it didn't seem like much. But instead of going this way, even that small tweak, by the time we get to the back of the room, is completely, it, it's a huge shift in location of where we're going. And that your life, will it'll have that same effect on your life. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.